Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I am your host, Taylor Burris, and of course, joining me is my producer, Wayne Owens. And we are here with a special guest tonight, driver for Elliott Sadler Esport and two-time eNASCAR Road to Pro iRacing Series qualifier, Mr. Donovan Strauss. Donovan, you have had one heck of a season so far in 2021. How are you doing tonight? I'm very good. I'm glad to be here. Of course. Well, we welcome you on the show. And I wanted to take the time right now to talk about your season in the eNASCAR Road to Pro for 2021. You won at probably two of the most toughest tracks on the schedule for round one, Darlington and Dover. Tell us a little bit about how you were able to accomplish that, as well as the technicals and difficulties of getting ready to prepare for two of the most difficult tracks probably in all of NASCAR racing. Yeah, um, I really like the driver tracks on the road to bird schedule, and Dover and Darlington happen to be both of those. Um, I, just, I just love the driver tracks, and I guess that's just what suits me the best when it comes to the races. Um I just prefer them over like, tracks like Las Vegas, Charlotte, all of those tracks. Um, the preparation that goes into these races is, I can't compare it to anything else. Unless, you know, it's like the Coke series. Um, we put hours upon hours into this stuff, and a lot of people don't know, or yeah, a lot of people don't know how much that means, um, or how much time we put in, and the amount of time we put in is, like I said, it's crazy. So to get a good result, like I have this year, I've got two wins um, compared to getting zero last year. It's It's been awesome. It's been a great start to the Road to Pro, and I'm just hoping to keep it going in round two. You certainly have. I mean, looking at your stats just for the 2021 round one, you have had eight starts. Out of those eight starts, two of them were wins. Half of them, or four of them, were top five finishes. You had a pole and an average finish of 13th, which looking at the stats right now out of those average starts, that's one of the strongest out of those who competed the entire season. So it just shows the commitment as well as the capabilities that your team over at Elliott Sadler Esports have come together in order to help propel you into round number two. But let's touch on that. The partnership that you have now with Elliott Sadler Esports how did that come about, and how has it been working for probably one of the most entertaining names in all of NASCAR? Yeah, so um, in the off season, uh, actually, like a month before Road to Pro, I started searching for uh, another group to be around, and I have really good friends on ESC with Vicente and Gary. I knew I, I've known Vicente for five years, five six years, so I'm really really good friends with him and known Garrett for quite a bit too so um I started hanging around with them and then eventually I got on their team and talked to Elliot a bit and El Elliot's influence on me has been unlike any other like it's it's like a second dad to me that's how much Elliot's influence has an impact on me and I'm so grateful to have him around and influence me on some stuff and give me advice on things and just to just be able to you know be on his team is it's it, it makes me happy to be honest it's like compared to where i was a year ago i'm 
so grateful to be in the position I am right now, and I'm just hoping to keep it going. Well, let's go a little bit back in time then. You've been on the sim racing in the world of iRacing for quite some time, since 2019, by the looks of it, since you had your first career starts. What made you want to get involved with the virtual world of iRacing? Uh, so I've been wanting to get into iRacing for a long, long time. And I happened to finally be able to, you know, get everything together and get into it in early 2019. And I was racing on a small monitor on a $50 desk. And I was, you know, I started raced a lot. And I was like, I was 13 at the time. So I was racing like every day. And uh, what's it called? So, yeah, just, I got started. I've been a NASCAR fan since Around 2000, 2010, 2011, I started watching every race. So, and then I played NASCAR games, and then I saw what saw what iRacing was around 2017. So, obviously, I wanted to get into it then. And like I said, it's nothing ever came together until early 2019. I was like, okay, I want to do this. I got into it, and honestly, I never envisioned being able to be competitive on here or anything until late 2019. I started again the hang of things and I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. And I ended up getting on um, my team with Horizon, well now known as Logitech G Alta C Sports, and they helped me out a lot last year and got me into the Pro Series. Yes, you did. He actually finished in the 11th position, I believe, for the Pro Series, if I remember, or actually, no. It was Road to Pro. Road to Pro with the 11th position. Yeah. But as we look at your stats, over close right at 399 oval wins, 38 dirt oval wins, 10 road and dirt road victories. So a prolific career that you have after just being on here for just about three years on the iRacing service, which is phenomenal and a great show of showcasing your talent here. But as we look at it, what do you think, even though for the short period of time you've been on here, what have you think been the biggest difference since coming on back then in 2019 to now, especially you know with the pandemic that happened last year in 2020 and how the growth of esports has continued to grow. Yeah, um, personally, in my opinion, the pandemic was really, really, really big for iRacing. It was there. It was a big opportunity for them to step up and you know show what virtual sim racing is to the people that didn't know what it was. And it, it I mean, iRacing has gotten way bigger. Than what it was in 2019 from like just looking at the members online today so that being said um yeah it's like it's crazy how far it's come and everything there's there's a lot of changes every month or every few weeks actually on here so everything changes you have to learn different stuff um the biggest thing for me was just getting comfortable like now i'm just it's the same to me now Basically every week, just getting comfortable and getting a feel for things. And 2019, I was learning. A lot. I still think I'm learning a lot. That's how new I'm. I am to this um, still. But I'm just getting a feel for things still. And back in 2019, obviously the tire model was different. Um, the aero package on cars were different. It, everything was different back in 2019 to what it is now. As we look now with the next-gen car and how things are going to be progressing, if you do make it into the Coca-Cola series in 2022, you will be utilizing the next-gen car 
How comfortable do you feel about driving with this car since you've had a little bit of time to test it out, try it out, even race it in a couple of events as we look ahead to that? Um, yeah, the next-gen car is a different breed. Um, I haven't I haven't done a lot of laps on it, but I've... I've definitely, you know, tried it at least, and it's completely different. It feels like a really good car, so I'm hoping. I mean, obviously, I haven't done a lot of laps yet, but if I can somehow get into the Coke Series next year, obviously, I'll have to prepare for that and start learning the car. And I mean, it's going to be a big learning curve. Like, car drives completely different than the current Cup car, so it's going to be a big learning curve for sure if I somehow get in next year. Well, one of the things that we did talk about before we got started was you actually do compete in the real world with the world of racing. In fact, in Legends Cars. Tell us a little about your career in that. How did you get started and how your career in that is going for you? Yeah, so early, late 2019, early 2020, I started racing uh, Bandoleros and usually just at Atlanta Motor Speedway and I started to get the hang of things, and I started winning races, and I was like, I can actually do this, and so I've just continued to do that, and then late last year, early this year, I got into Legend Cars, I got a big opportunity to drive for somebody, so I've been just doing that, been out of the car, actually, I was out of the car for about four months uh, recently, due to a crash I had, and I got back into a car last week, last Thursday, and I mean, it's crazy being out of a real car for four months and then getting back into a car that I've never driven before. Um, It's just crazy how much that can just change you. Um, But yeah, the real world, the real racing, I love racing legend cars, if I'm being honest, like... I don't think I we have the funding to go any further than legend cars personally, but um, if I just end up racing legend cars for a long time, I'm all right. I, I I'm willing to accept that because um, yeah, racing legend cars is a lot of fun. It's a blast. I have fun doing it. Along with sim racing, I have a, fun, a lot of fun doing it. So I just want to keep doing this. What would you be your ultimate goal as you progress through Legends, you know, into the ranking of, you know, motorsports, especially when it comes to the oval side? How would you like to see yourself, maybe not in a year, but maybe three years from now, five years, maybe even ten years? Um, if I ever got the chance in NASCAR, I would take it in a heartbeat. But, I mean, obviously the goal as a racer in coming through NASCAR, like, that's their dream. You want to go to the Cup Series, and that's mine. Um, but that's very hard to do, obviously, with only being 40 of them there. It's very hard to do that. Um, with that being said, I'd love to get an opportunity in a late model somehow in the next three years, just, to, just you know, even if it's just for a test drive somehow get an opportunity to do that that would be that would be really awesome it certainly would we'd love to see you in a late model but one of the things also we like to try and talk to our drivers that come on the show is a little bit of behind the scenes of stuff they like to do outside of racing any other hobbies or interests that you find that you like to do uh i'm big into basketball actually 
I okay, cool. watch a I watch a lot of back, basketball um and football. Um I've been a fan of football and basketball for just as long as NASCAR, so I like like watching that a lot and I, I like running a lot outside. Um I play ba- ba- uh, basketball a lot just on my free time trying to, you know, stay in shape and stuff. Besides that, I, it's all racing for me. Uh, well, spe- since you said you like to try to stay, you know, fit and athletic when it comes to this, you know, even though we're not having to deal with the forces compared to a real car, do you feel as being someone who would be in shape or in an athletic state can kind of maybe help improve dealing when it comes to the world of sim racing? You know, a lot of people think that it's not really something that can be an athletic sport in a sense. But if you think about it, sometimes depending on the heat of battle, you can work quite a bit of a sweat, especially in a battle. It definitely can be because I promise you in about every single road to pro race, I I sweat a lot. And I mean, that's just how much I'm focused and, you know, trying to get everything I can and it definitely takes a toll on me after the race. Like Dover, Dover was a long race. That was 200 laps. Um, you know, after I was worn out. Like people don't realize how much sim racing can take a toll on you, both physically and mentally. It's it's crazy. Obviously, like you don't have the forces as you do in real life, but it's physically and mentally, it's it's close. As we look ahead then, right, or Donovan, to the next few rounds for round two, we have a lot of dirt racing. We have road course racing. We also even have a couple of mile and a half short tracks. What? How confident do you feel about going into this next round? A lot of drivers are a little bit uncertain with the first round being at Knoxville, and some are looking forward to it, and then there's some who are not looking forward to competing at Watkins Glen, and some thinking that's their chance to win a race. What is your thoughts going into round two? Um... So I've learned to take every single wild card race as an opportunity um, instead of fear. So with that being said, I I love racing on dirt and I love road courses, honestly. So Knoxville, I I'm hoping to you know come out kind of come out of there with a top ten finish. Um, I really like racing on dirt, but it's going to be about survival, in my opinion. Um, with everyone, with it being the first round, uh, first race of round two, everyone's going to be going for it all and trying to just get a lot of points, and it's going to cause it to be a survival fest. So, with that being said, I'm just going to try and make the most out of it and trying to spring on the top ten. And with that being said, um, Watkins Glen, I I really like road course racing when I practice a lot for it. So, I think um. Going into Watkins Glen, I think I like the same goal as Knoxville, trying to get a top 10. There's, there's going to be some good road course racers in my split, so um, just going to try and try and get the best finish possible in both of them. But I'm I'm excited to race at both of them. It's going to be different, and I'm sure you'll see some new people up front. Certainly will, Bo. Donovan, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Where can people go to follow you, to learn more about you, your team, as well as keep up with you for the rest of the season or round number two for the eNASCAR Road to Pro Series? Yeah, um, I'm really active on Twitter, so you can follow my Twitter at dstrauss 51 uh, You can follow my team, Elliot Sadler Esports, at, at Sadler Esports on Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. All my socials are dstrauss 51 So. Uh-huh. 
of course, Will Donovan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That is Donovan Strauss, driver for Elliott Sadler Esports in the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series as he has picked up two wins this season in round one. Looking forward to keep that streak going in round number two. Coming up after the break, we sit down with our four champions of the PCA Sim Racing Series presented by Haggerty. This is the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince. Along with me is Taylor Burris with Wayne Owens in the producer's chair for today's episode as we just finished our conversation with Donovan Strauss of Elliott Sauer Esports. He'll be competing once more in the 2021 edition of the second round of the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying iRacing Series. But turning things over to the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, it was an exciting and thrilling race. That was won by none other than Bobby Zelensky, the 10th different winner in 10 races so far this season. And he now joins us on the iRacers Download. Bobby, first things first, how are you feeling about that performance on Tuesday evening? Uh, just really relieved. I've had a lot of, I mean, not even this season, but I've had a lot of oval wins over the years kind of get taken from me. And uh, I kind of had... A good enough car under me. I was driving pretty dang good for my standards, and I had the luck on my side with how the race played out. So, like, yeah, going into going into these last few races, I was kind of convinced I wasn't going to win on an oval this year to try to make the playoffs. So it was kind of a surprise. It seemed like it was a pressure-filled race as well because draft was definitely prevalent at Pocono. A lot of drivers were trying to out-strategize an error for the different game plans. What was kind of your approach entering that race, especially with the changes to the package for that racetrack? Yeah, we were hoping to have a good long run car, and I'm pretty sure we did. Um, and we, we were doing this strategy just to give us track position and clean air, because you can see if you watch the race, if you're one car trying to pull out to pass one, um, you're most likely getting trained on the straightaway. So I just wanted to stay up front as much as I could. Um, also had, you know, quite a sim support teammates around me at times. And um, so we had a good long run car. And I felt good about that. But even at the end of the, the last green flag pit stop right at the end of that run, I had uh, two cars kind of gang up on me and pass me just because it was just two versus one. And uh, it had a little bit newer tires as well. But that's why I was really happy we saw a bunch of little two-lap runs at the very end or just one-corner runs because uh, it didn't give anybody enough time to you know form up and try to gang up on me and pass me. It certainly was there, Bobby. One of the things I wanted to point out is, you know, with Pocono, a lot of road course ringers actually excel at that track. Do you think with that experience that you have competing on the road courses, in fact, being the biggest road course racer in NASCAR Coca-Cola series, do you think that's a help? Um, I don't, I don't really think so, honestly, because just because of how the racing was uh, on Tuesday, like it was a lot of drafting. I almost felt like my drafting kind of sensibilities and racecraft was the most important thing because it kind of didn't matter. Well, obviously mattered how you drove the car up front because you don't want to, you know, drive bad and just start getting passed. But you were kind of limited on what you could do if you were behind another car. Like, you cannot go into the corner like normal. You pretty much have to back it up and just get a decent enough exit, and the draft would kind of carry you on the straightaway. So I felt like it was more so Daytona, Talladega-type skills I brought um, 
that's just how I feel about it, really. Um, and I was lucky enough to win Daytona in 2020. And uh, I felt like it was more so those skills I was using to try to you know, keep track position. Well, let's take a step back in time, Bobby. You have been on the iRacing service for quite some time. What's made you want to get involved in the world of sim racing as well as career in the world of sim racing? Because not only have you competed in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series, but also in the Porsche Tag Heuer eSports Super Cup. Yeah, so I've always wanted to be a race car driver my whole life. And due to, you know kind of health reasons, I guess you could call it, plus financial reasons, which is always the biggest reason someone can't really get into racing in real life. Um, you know, growing up, especially in my teenage years, like, I just wanted to to do NASCAR. So when the series first kind of kicked off around, like, 2010, I remember just playing Xbox and being like, I want to get iRacing at some point, because I had a really bad computer, didn't have money to get a computer. Um, and, yeah, just wanted to be in the NASCAR series that I could be in. That I could go for really, because um, I knew there wasn't too much of a path at the time to, to be in a real car. So it's like, well, the next best thing is to do it online, and this looks really good. Um, you know, iRacing is such a step up from these console games I'm playing. And yeah, it took about until 2013 for me to even be able to get a, a, a computer and and get iRacing and and all that stuff. And I'm still actually using the same racing seat I had when I first got iRacing, so it's pretty beat up. So. Um, yeah, it was just a, a drive to try to quench that thirst I have of being uh, at the top level of you know, NASCAR racing. We could do it online, and you could argue it's even more competitive than the real stuff because of just you, you do get the best drivers. Um, there's no buying your way into the series. So um, it was just a, maybe a competition thirst, um, and, and just I love racing. And uh, that just bled over to other series. Eventually, I was able to get good enough to make NASCAR, and then I'm like, well... I really, really love road racing. Just the, the challenge of attacking a track. Let's try to go for the other stuff. And um, yeah, that those goals were met. Uh, I, I made GT, I made Porsche, I made Rallycross. Um, right now, I'm not in GT or, well, there's no more GT. Not in the Porsche anymore. Um, but that door isn't closed. Uh, I just love the competition of it. And um, yeah, it's great. It certainly is, and since you've been on the service since 2013 and have worked your way up, now that you've competed in the 2020 season, or the 2021 season, you have the chance to work with VRS Coanda SimSport, and then this year for 2021 with Litzart Esports. What would you say the two differences is of working with those two teams differ, as well as some of the positives and negatives? Well, it's essentially the same thing because of Chris Sherber. So when we were doing free agency... Um, you know, it was, it was really cool to get both of us on the same team and, uh, it's hard esports. I mean, and Steve is just the kind of owner you want to drive for, at least in my position. You know, I brought my VRS sponsorship over. I get to be teammates with Chris, um, who I'm already co-handed teammates with since the beginning of 2019. Um, and then, you know, we work with 2311 drivers, Mitchell and Keegan, Keegan, uh, me, Keegan and Chris both started the NASCAR division at Coanda. Uh, to start in 2019, and Mitchell's been at Coanda since like 2015 as a road driver. So him coming up was pretty easy, you know, pretty simple rather. Um, so we have the four of us, and we have a kind of collaboration between our two, you know, NASCAR official teams, and it, it's kind of just like one big team uh, when you think about the racing and all that. And um, yeah, and Steve kind of gives me and Chris the freedom to to kind of do things the way we want uh, and with the racing stuff, and it's a uh, it's just really 
easy to to work together. How would you describe the day-to-day basis of preparing for the races for the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series compared to in the past? How was that preparation for you and your fellow teammates? In terms of just how it was maybe when I started in the series in 2017, for me, I guess it's not really much different. Like, I feel like we, it doesn't matter where the series is at or what the money is. We kind of just do the same amount of work. Um, and we just, yeah, we just do work every day. Don't stress it too, too hard. You can definitely overwork yourself um, and, and just put yourself in, you know, a state of insanity when you're trying to figure out how to make a car faster and everything you do is just making it slower. So, um, you know, but it's really about putting those hours in hard at the beginning of the year so you have a basic understanding of, or at least what we, we consider a basic understanding of what the tire wants, what the car wants. So then you get to like this mid-stage of the year, it's not as stressful to find speed. Um, and I think, yeah, most teams kind of feel that because most teams we all, you know, when you look at a, a race recently, everyone's around the same speed. You know, you have some guys that obviously different winners all the time. And that's like the beauty of open setups is like someone always finds a little extra than the next team. Um, and it changes week to week. And you're just seeing so much competition because of that. Um, yeah, that's just kind of the way I see that. How do you try and balance that out, especially with what you do for fun? Like, what do you do to try and keep yourself from getting overstressed or overworked from the preparation? I, I used to just drive all these different kind of cars, and I think it's kind of stopped the last couple of years. I would always have, last two years I had Porsche to do uh, in the middle of a, a NASCAR year. Unfortunately, I, I dropped out of Porsche last year because I finished 27 the points, and then I couldn't go for the series again because they ran the, their qualifying series in the middle of the NASCAR playoffs and uh, I was picking NASCAR every time. So like I would always have that to kind of go to and it's weird, right? Because you go to that series, everyone's taking it just as seriously as NASCAR drivers take NASCAR. So I'm not going to do as well as them overall. So I, I still look at that as like my fun thing to go do. Um, rally crosses at the end of the year. So I'm really not doing much else than, than the NASCAR series right now. So I just kind of play their video games, play with friends, uh, teammates on, play some Halo or something, play some NBA, like play Civilization Five. I just play other games, just video games to kind of stop thinking about it, and I just get on iRacing to, to do the practice, the preparation, and all that uh, when we do it, and uh, that's actually been important for me to, to kind of keep that balance, because um, yeah, I don't see any reason to do like even eight hours of, of prep in, in one single day, maybe the day before a race, but um, you know, you don't need to yeah, stress yourself too much. Just have some fun with your friends and enjoy life. Go outside, do whatever, um, you know, and results will come. Of course, the next race on the calendar is one where it's a strong suit for you. Road America. First time the series goes to that track. Your thoughts on Road America where you and Mitchell will be among the favorites. Yeah, I hope we we can make it through turn one to uh, through five clean because those are like the those first five corners are going to be a bit sketchy with just high speeds and long braking zones. Um, so I really don't know what to expect as of now because I haven't been able to test as much because um, you know just I've, I try to take a big break. I will say 
during the break we had, we had four weeks between Charlotte and Pocono, and I took like two and a half off and, and just kind of cleared my mind because the season had not been going my way. It's crazy how one win at Pocono kind of changes your season, but um, it's been the worst season I've ever had just from results, um, just disconnects, wrecks, you know, got spun out at a road course, which is just completely different than I'm used to at a road course. So um, didn't do as much Road America testing as I wanted, but um, I think I'll be fine. It should be a race between us, but you never know. Somebody could can figure it out and beat both of us. Um, there's really fast guys. So um, I, I really hope it's a battle between the two of us. It was 100% going to be that way at Coda. Um, like, he did qualify, out-qualify me by three-tenths, and that looks massive, but, like, I put a terrible lap together. Um, like, in testing, we were we were so close in terms of our lap times. It was it's going to be crazy. So hopefully we can deliver um, on that battle on Tuesday. Um, for Road America. Certainly. So we look forward to that battle. Well, Bobby, as we come to a close of this interview, where can people go to follow your racing career, follow what you do inside the sim racing and outside of it, and just see what you do? Yeah, I got a Twitter, just my name, Bobby Zelinski. I got a Facebook, same thing, Bobby Zelinski. I do have an Instagram I never posted on yet, which is just Bobby Zelinski underscore. Um, I have a YouTube I don't really touch. Everything basically that I have for social media is just my name. Um, and yeah, you can look up VRS virtual racing school. We have data packs. I have like seven data packs. I do, uh, help you learn how to drive, um, and learn a track. Um, we also have coaching, uh, for coaching through VRS and, uh, always enjoy working with people and figuring out the, uh, faults in their driving and making them a beast. Of course. Well, we look forward to seeing you at the next round at road America. That is Bobby Zelensky, driver for Latart Esports and winner at Pocono Raceway for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. Coming up after the break, we will have the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince along with Taylor Burris with Wayne Owens in the director's chair as we just had a great conversation with Bobby Zelensky, the winner of the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series race at Pocono Raceway. And Taylor, it was an intriguing race overall. Three green-white checkers to finish off that race, with Zelensky holding off Ray Alfala in the final few moments before the caution flag waved to close the race out. Mitchell DeYoung finished in third. Ashton Crowder with the damaged front nose finished in fourth. Bob Ryan, the top five rounding out those positions. It was an intriguing race, especially with some of the strategy and some of the gambles by some of those drivers. It certainly was just, and a lot of drivers utilizing fuel strategy late into the going of the race because Pocono is known for its fuel saving and fuel strategy races as we see time and time again, and we see it once again here, even in the virtual world. But through all the strategy and planning that these drivers had, there always seems to be an audible that they have to call because usually we've been seeing caution after caution for a majority of this race, as well as some drivers who we thought might have had something for the race to win that night. A lot of them had to suffer very severe consequences. Drivers, of course, such as the number 16 of John Gorlinski, who had terrible incidences and the late going of the race. But I think the biggest one had to be between Ashton Crowder as well as Mitchell DeJong. Yeah, that incident 
got very interesting to close things out for some of those drivers. Crowder still came away with the fourth place run. Dion still coming away with the third place finish, of course. But the interesting thing is some of the drivers in the mid pack having to try and dodge the chaos really shuffled about 11th on back and how the running order fared out because there were some drivers who were definitely in the conversation in what was a trap filled affair. It was just a matter of trying to keep yourself clean in those closing stages. And for Pocono, with how crazy the restarts can get going up to four or five wide, we've seen the ramifications for that throughout that entire race. Give a shout out, though, to some of the drivers who tried to risk it on strategy before the caution flags waved and helped them like Brian Schoenberg. Their team was actually celebrating Taylor when the caution flags started flying because while at the time they didn't feel they had the winning pace. They felt this would really help the 47 team overall. And Brian Schoenberg was very encouraged at the time to try and chase after the victory. So it was intriguing to see how things fared out for Schoenberg, who still held on to 10th. And Zach Nichols, who was also among those drivers gambling on strategy, who held on to a top 10 position as well. It certainly is, and it's going to be interesting to see how they are able to accomplish that. But, Justin, the biggest surprise is 10 races, 10 different winners this season. A shocking revelation that we've seen this season is that the difference of winners that we've had. Now, granted, as we look at the point standings for your top 10, Michael Guest is showing in 10th, even though he doesn't have a win. The reason why is because Rayal Fell is so far back in the points, he's yet to break into the top 20 yet at this time. Now, given a couple of more good runs like what he just had this past week over at Pocono, he may be able to work into the top 20 to where he could have a shot at winning and getting into the playoffs. But this now answers the question, ask a question to you now, Justin. Does it take to get into the playoffs now having multiple wins now? We've already had 10 winners so far. We still have about three races to go before we get into the playoffs now with Road America being the next round, which is a road course race. So someone like a Bobby Zelensky or a Mitchell DeYoung could take home a second checkered flag. That's going to be the question we're going to have to wait and see on in order to see who will come out on top with these final three races. If you want my honest opinion... I think it definitely for a couple drivers may take multiple wins, depending on the position in the standings. Take, for example, someone like Vicente Salas or Mitchell Dion or someone like a Chris Shearburn. They're going to need to win again if there's another first-time winner on the season or if Rael Falva claws his way back up in the standings with the performance the past couple weeks and the momentum. So in our words, there's a strong chance that the answer ends up being yes that you need a second win to make sure of that. And the question is, does that second win come at Road America for a couple of the road course aces like Zelensky, like Dion? The question remains to be seen. It certainly is. Of course, you can catch the next round, round 11 of the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series from Road America. Counting Down the Green starts at 8.30, where you can find our good friends of Brandon as well as Chris Overland leading the pre-race show. And then the main event starts at 9 p.m. But, Justin, you actually had a little bit of fun not just being the pit reporter for the Coke race, but you were also taking the lead in the eNASCAR International iRacing Series 
as the NASCAR Xfinity cars tented over across the pond to the UK, to the Brands Hatch circuits, where drivers from the NASCAR Euro Series, the NASCAR Pinty Series, the NASCAR Mexico Series, as well as the NASCAR Drive for Diversity class of 2021, came together to have a little bit of fun. And I got to say, it was an exciting race as Simon Palate from the NASCAR Wheeling Euro Series took home the checkered flag. Yes, indeed, Simon absolutely dominated that performance, being able to be very consistent with his marks, and it shouldn't be surprised with some of his sim racing experience from that 66 machine to see the domination from him. Paul Jufro finished off in second position, Alan Day in third position, Jake Cozio fourth, Victor Barrales Jr. rounding out the top five, the separation 38 seconds, just eight drivers finished on the lead lap, Taylor. It was just a near-perfect race. On the 66, no mistakes until his burnout in the end. That was his only contact with the wall or anyone, keep in mind. And it was just consistency. Just being consistent around a track like Branch Hatch was so important. And that, just having the confidence to be able to have the car stick tailor, was the difference between a 48-second lap time and a 49-second lap time during that race. And that's where that really came into play during that event, especially on the long run for Simon. It certainly is, and it's incredible to see of how they are able to incorporate one of the circuits that they use in the Euro Series. Unfortunately, we don't have any of the NASCAR Peak Antifreeze Mexico Series circuits on the iRacing service just yet, but of course, we'll catch the next two rounds of the eNASCAR International iRacing Series at Circuit of the Americas on June 30th, 2021, and then finally, the last race of the season of this three-race schedule at the Daytona International Speedway running the road course configuration. You can catch that on July 7th on all of eNASCAR's as well as iRacing streaming platforms. And Justin, you'll be on call for all that. Anything you might see exciting or a driver that you might find in particular who could come out on top with another win? With a potential win, depending on how things fare out, I wouldn't be surprised to see Simon I would also perform well at the next two tracks, but someone like Day, for example, Taylor, was someone who charged up to the pack and had race-winning pace. He just ended up getting involved in early incidents and didn't even qualify. That put him behind the eight ball as a result for that race at Brands Hatch. Still finished 31 seconds back, yes, but was one of the most throwing drivers to watch. If he's able to put in a qualifying time, let's say, and be able to compete with the 66 up at the front, I think you'll see some fireworks come at Circuit of the Americas, potentially. Trayton Lapsovich, I also wouldn't be surprised to see him do very well in a race as well, Taylor, to see how he fares out, especially with some of the preparation he put in, as well as the speed he showed. He was also charging his way from the back of the field after he had a crash in qualifying. Certainly did, of course, Alan Day, the first Israeli NASCAR driver to compete in any of the NASCAR sanctioning series, and Trayton Lapsovich, who made his debut last year in the 2020 season, but will make his full-time debut in 2021 when they kick off their season later on this year. Well, Justin, it's hard to believe, but another episode has been completed of the iRacers download. Phenomenal work that we've just seen from all the drivers competing in these two series. But, of course, it is time that we come to a close. For Bobby Zelensky, as well as my co-host, Justin Prince, and our wonderful producer, Mr. Wayne Owens, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.